Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, Senior Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal, and Special Guest Sergeant Major Lisa Walker, an instructor in the Department of Army Operations at the Sergeant Major's Academy. Today we discuss the article, The ACFT, Soldiers Over Scores, with Master Sergeant Jason G. Pickett, a student at the Sergeant Major's Academy. Before we kick things off, Master Sergeant, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, good morning. Uh, so my name is Master Sergeant Jason Pickett. I was born in Eunice, Louisiana. I'm currently married. Uh, my wife is also in the military. She's a career counselor as well. Uh, been in the Army since 2001. Uh, originally came in as a, as a pharmacy technician. Then I reclassed to be a career counselor in June 2013, and currently here at the uh, the Sergeant's Major Academy. Had a lot of great assignments along the way, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm glad to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak about the article. And Sergeant Major Lisa Walker, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Sergeant Major Lisa Walker. I'm a 68 Zulu. I teach... Army operations here at the Sergeant Majors Academy. I'm married. My husband recently retired. Um, we are living here in El Paso and plan to move to Las Vegas. Uh, one of the, the neat things about this assignment is we get to work with the NCO Journal um, and review distinguished articles. Um, so I'm happy to, to be here talking about this particular article and author. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what made you start the article and what kind of inspired you to write it? Right. So the article, I, I really wanted to spark conversation, healthy conversation between professionals about a topic. As long as I've been in the military, it's been uh, a, a particular stigma. Um, the article wasn't meant to, you know, just as a disclaimer, it wasn't meant to discredit the ACFT. Um, it, it's, it wasn't meant to uh, devalue the importance of physical fitness or the role that it plays. Uh, it, it, it actually didn't even suggest the, the, uh, to eliminate the scoring system at all, right? But it, it was really meant to highlight the importance of how we select talent within our organizations and placing people in the right positions and just really looking at the holistic view of the total soldier concept and not just focusing on one criteria uh, when selecting talent. I would personally say that this is a somewhat controversial topic, maybe not as controversial as uh, some others that we've, we've, uh, we posted in the past. Uh, but I think, you know, there was quite a bit of uh, quite a few people responding to the article and, uh, did you did you think it would kind of hit off a few spark of some conversation with some of the some of the people out there? The, again, the intent was to to bring that type of dialogue to the table. Um, I did. I, I was. I knew it would have some type of traction. I, I really was surprised of the amount of traction that it it received and how quickly it it spread through social media and, and various other other platforms. Um, uh, I, I knew it would probably spark some uh, some controversy, and I think it it absolutely did. And, and to an extent, I think it it kind of brings validity 
when you read some of those comments, it, it brings validity to the stigma of how individuals with average PT scores are not looked as favorable um, for promotions or leadership positions as opposed to those with higher PT scores. Um, but definitely, I, I think it's good to have these type of conversations, especially as professionals, uh, to to really take a divergent or, uh, opinion and just have a conversation with it. So uh, while I was surprised, I'm kind of glad that it had that type of reaction. You know, one of the things you said to uh, Mass Arnie was that that it was that it's it's uh, an ethical dilemma. Uh, how is this this prioritizing uh, physical fitness over leadership qualities? How, how would you why would you characterize that as a as an ethical dilemma? Reason why I, I consider it an ethical dilemma, especially nowadays, like right now we we do have a, an accessions um, issue, right? And when you look at the holistic view of what we evaluate leadership on, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of matrix that goes into that, um, especially when you look at the Army leadership requirements model, uh, a lot of elements that go into what makes a good leader. And so part of that ethical dilemma is, is how physical fitness, just that one criteria overshadows a lot of the other attributes and competencies uh, or has the potential to when you emphasize just that the physical fitness aspect. Um, just like character, I, I believe character is the utmost and foremost thing that drives all the other competencies and attributes. And so when we look at leadership and we look at an individual's effectiveness within the organization, there's a lot more to it than just physical fitness. And so if we solely base a person's ability to lead within their organization simply off of physical fitness, then I think we we dis do a disservice to our own organization of improving it, enhancing it, and moving it forward, especially as we go into the Army uh, 2040 uh, vision. You said character. What, what do you think are some of the other ones that might be overshadowed because of a, a focus on physical fitness? Well, some of those other ones uh, definitely leads and then intellect as well. And so when it comes to leads, you know, what, what does that encompass? And so within leads, it's extending influence, it's building trust, and all that requires knowing the individuals within your organization, be able to build those relationships as well, be able to sustain uh, and create and forge those. And definitely at an organizational level leadership position and higher strategic level leadership, it, it, it requires the ability to execute those things and build those relationships to be successful, especially when we talk about intellect, like just interpersonal tech, uh, having that emotional intelligence to be able to convey that message, uh, the commander's intent and, and to operate and, and enhance your organization, you, you have to have those those ingredients. Otherwise, you, you as a sergeant major, you, you are ineffective or you can be ineffective. And so I think overemphasizing the physical fitness aspect has a high propensity to overshadow those things in which is going to make you successful within those positions. Uh, my question to you, Sergeant Major Walker, is, is 
when you when you read this article, I'm, I'm not going to ask you specifically about what his points are. I, I, I'd like to know why was this a distinguished art, article? What what was the uh, thought provoking provoking aspect of it that made uh, the, the Sergeant Major Academy choose it as something that that was unique that stands out and 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 then forwarded onto us to publish in the NCO Journal? Sure. Well, first, I, w- I I want to talk a little bit about our process for the distinguished articles. Um, there's a select uh, few instructors who work and, and read through articles, and they have to meet a high academic criteria first. So for Messner Pickett's paper, first and foremost, it was it was very well written, and the research that he used and how he used the research really supported his ideas. So that that's kind of off the top is that it was what well written and well supported. And then secondly, we got to recognize the importance of diverse viewpoints within our ranks. And typically the less popular ones can offer the, the most challenging yet um, best insights. So, so that was really his, it was, it was very, uh, it was a very diverse viewpoint um, and very well written and, and very well researched. Yeah, and I think this article, it has a great idea, a great recommendation um, with some solid uh, topic points for that. I, I wonder if Sergeant Major Walker, if, if do you have an opinion on this on this issue? I mean, I, I agree with um, the majority of the points provided. I think uh, for most senior leaders, if, you, if you've been in the Army, you have probably seen and overemphasis on ACFD scores, specifically in the senior promotions and assignments area. Um, a lot of personnel don't want to get on, on permanent profiles because of the stigma that that provides. And that's not written. Um, we're not going to see that anywhere written, but that is definitely a stigma. And I think the points that Master Pickett brings up with his research highlights that stigma for senior leaders, um, how that's prioritized. And, and I think at least for me and in that, in that senior, senior area, I think we've seen this a lot throughout our career field. So I, I do agree with some of the points that were provided. Yeah, I could absolutely see that being an issue. I mean, if you're going for a senior enlisted uh, position or even a commander, um, you're not going to want to tell the, tell the doc, you know, that you're hurt or injured. You don't want to be on a temporary because you're getting ready to go to a board proceeding. Like I can see that being a problem. How do you think we get after that? Or uh, I think, exploring how we as leaders can balance the significance of fitness with other leadership competencies, right? And that's really what the paper got after is, is looking at it in an ethical lens or looking at it in a different, in a different way. How do we foster these new perspectives for that forward progression? Um, and so I think the, the first part of it is what we're doing here is, is having a discussion about it to try to understand the balance of that ACFT score with the other uh, leadership competencies. So I'll throw this back over to the master sergeant. What do you think are some of the ways or criteria that need to be, I guess, used more than if let's say that we don't use the ACFT score, we just say a pass or fail. So are there going to be some other touch points that, that we have to go through to, to get a good idea of what that soldier looks like on paper? So in my opinion, I, I think that's when it's going to force senior leaders to really look at all those other attributes and competencies and, and be able to use their experience and delineate what is going to be, who is going to be a good fit for the next next level of leadership, right? And 
I keep going back to character. I, I do feel it's a an important attribute of a leader that that feeds into a lot of uh, those other attributes and competencies. Uh, but again, it, it I think it really depends on what level of leadership we're talking about, because some of the skills that you use at a direct level are not necessarily going to correlate to success at the organizational level or organizational level to the strategic level. And so it really uh, falls back on the onus of the evaluation board members to understand what is required at that level and to be able to read and discern those individuals in COERs and figure out who's the best fit and not just solely relying on uh, one criteria. Can you, um, Master, can you give us an example, like a, a like a, a real world example? So I can't think of a specific individual per se, but I will say, you know, kind of like I was saying in the beginning, it's it's always been a stigma um, as long as I've been in the military, and and when I have, uh, when I've been looked at for SARN first class for mass SARN. Uh, and so forth, you know, having in, have mentors look at my records. Um, that is a point of conversation. And uh, me myself have been hesitant to even put myself in a situation where I could get a permanent profile. And, and for the record, I don't have a permanent profile. Right? I take all the events um, pretty healthy. Right. So it, it, when, I, when I did write the paper, it was not in a uh, lens or, or any type of biases. But um, going back to your your question, it has always been a point of conversation. I, I have seen leaders that necessarily were on profile or, or did not, and, and you know, they, they weren't as successful. Well, they did not progress um, like you would think. That is interesting that you bring that up. And I actually didn't know this until I read your article that People on permanent profile, you know, I, I knew that they only get 60%, but I never even thought about that as, uh, you know, like going to be, get get looked at for Sergeant Major or what whatnot, that that score would somehow determine, is it, I mean, is that how that, that it's done? That is, and, and another point to, to highlighting that is, I mean, it goes back to disadvantaging certain individuals simply based on, you know, numerically they would not be able to overcome that and especially when you look at incentives out there uh you know for the 540 then now you're exempt from height and weight well you know as an example in the paper if you have two permanent or there's two events that you're excluded from or or where you take an alternate event uh numerically you can't take advantage of that policy and so how does that affect those individuals and so I, I think that's definitely one is again, and this is the same case as it was with the APFT. So I definitely think that's one area that could be really looked at uh, to improve. But yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely as long as I can remember, it's, it's been a, a point of discussion. So I think that there is one thing I kind of wanted to bring up and I think a lot of people in the comments section kind of did too. And I'll, I'll get to a couple of those comments here in a little bit, but I know from a personal standpoint, right? If I see that we're going on a 12 mile ruck march tomorrow, right? And um, the sergeant major is there, our, our battalion brigade sergeant major is there. 
and they're actively participating in, you know, they're, they're going in their way in people's rucks and they're, they're at every step of it. And then they are in the front, middle of the pack, wherever, you know, just sending off that motivation and, and, and showing the soldiers what right looks like in a way, you know, and, and, you know, they're older and they've been doing this a very long time, but they're still out there and they're still getting it. Now that guy may be not, you know, telling about all of his injuries and things that he's got going on, but he's there. And he may not have gotten that position had he not had that 300 on the APFT or 600 on the ACFT. But I think that that is something, at least from a young soldier standpoint, is something that is a, a good example to be shown. Do you agree? So definitely fitness is, oh, I mean, presence rather. Presence is uh, is definitely important. And it's, I believe that's where you're going uh, with that particular question. Um now, I would say with that example, I mean, we, we can look at that and then we can look at the impacts, too, of, you know, how long has that particular individual been concealing, I guess, or, or uh, belaboring to go seek medical help, right? And, and over the years, that compounding, uh, you know, and, and aggravating a potential injury. And so I think the impacts still, you know, while, yeah, presence is definitely for a sergeant major or any leader at any level is, is important. Uh, there's more than one way to inject presence um, within your formations. And um, that's kind of where I would answer to that. So I think we could take to some of the comments we had on uh, social media this week regarding your a very talked about article. Um, we had some actually uh, some agreeing comments. Um, one was from a James Crosby, and he said that while being physically fit is important, uh, I'd rather have a soldier who is incredibly competent at their job or profession than someone who can max an ACFT. What do you What do you say to that? No, and I agree, and and I think it goes back to the premise of what the article is really talking about. It. it it was it's not saying that physical fitness or do away with physical fitness or somehow physical fitness is not important but the argument really in in the challenging uh conversation is at what level of physical fitness is really needed and i think he points out exactly what the paper is getting after is you know is it how does that affect my organization or, or what individual affects the organization in a positive manner and what attributes and competencies will essentially like help advance the organization? I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you that I think some leadership positions should actually be solely based on, you know, their performance and peer reviews and uh, their leadership performance and all that. Um, as opposed to having a maxed out ECFT, of course, um, actually on the flip side of this, how would you think that this would look for like a junior enlisted? Like, do you also propose the same thing for like going from specialist to sergeant? I think it's a little bit different when we're talking about the, the sergeant and staff sergeant versus when we're talking about senior promotions or, or the centralized promotion process. So kind of like I pointed out in the paper, the, you know, the, the total points for a, a sergeant and staff sergeant it only amounts to 15%. So, and then 
by virtue of the semi-centralized board and, and how that process is, I think is a very objective. Yes, it encourages you to uh, perform well in the ACFT, right? But it, it doesn't it doesn't over overshadow all the other things that 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 leadership is is required. And, and I think it it gives a good basis for what the holistic view is on what makes a soldier. So I, I don't think necessarily changing that for the sergeant staff sergeant level would be necessary as opposed to the centralized promotion uh, system. Master, what is, what is it that you want the NCO Journal's readers to take away from your article? What are, what are your most important points here? What is it that you want to, to get out there? That So the main thing, it's, it's okay to have a, a, an opposing view. That, that's first and foremost. And, and I would encourage any sergeant on down, any, any leader, it's okay to have an opposing view. Um, and I think it's important for especially senior leaders to have those type of hard conversations with their soldiers and to be able to be uh, open enough to hear those type of uh, comments and, and just have that dialogue in, in a professional, professional way. And so I think the premise for this, and like I would like everybody to take away, I would hope people would print this off, print the article or, or share the link and use it as a development tool, a, a, a training. Hey, read the article. Let me, let me, you know, let me know what you think um, and then have a discussion about it internally. Uh, I would also encourage, you know, go to some of those resources in there. The, the RAM report is a, a really robust document that has a lot of information, a lot of data in it. And so I would encourage, have an open mind, read those, uh, those things, and then reevaluate your opinion coming out of it and then see how that shapes. So, um, so I think sharing and dialogue is is really the important takeaway from this. I think you were successful considering how many how many responses we had to the article on social media. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. They got people talking. It definitely got people looking, reading, and 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 uh, there was a few criticisms, I'm sure, but you know I think that's part of the part of the discussion as well. So uh, I think in that, in that regard, you were very successful. Thank you, sir. Let me let me switch this over to to Sergeant Major. What kind of uh, what kind of things were you looking? I know you talked a little bit already about uh, this being a distinguished article, but that would and, and that it was well researched, well written, and everything. Was there anything specific that you would give as uh, th that was in this article that who's, that you would give us advice to to other people uh, looking to submit to the NCO Journal, Sergeant Major? Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost is is this podcast and and the traction that this particular art article has got. Uh, should should be kind of a beacon to encourage more NCOs to write. Um, so that first that, but for Master Pickett specifically, it's that he was he chose something that was going to be controversial. And so when I read the article, uh, reading it, I kind of joked with him when he he told me you know what he was thinking about writing. Uh, because it is something that is such a, an opposing view from the norm. And I think that's what stuck out is the opposing view from the norm, but not just an opinion, but it being backed by such um, such good research. Really, that's what stood out. And, and I think this process of being on the podcast and 
having the social media um, comments, I think that's what it, it highlights is that opposing views and different opinions are okay. And that's what's going to move us forward. You know, that's going to, that's what's going to progress our army. So that's really what stuck out. Let's, let's move it over to, to you, uh, Massar. What about, uh, what was the biggest challenge when, when it came to writing this article? What, what challenges did you face? So I believe the biggest challenges for writing this paper is doing the due diligence of the research and then ensuring that there was no type of biases put in there. I try to be as objective within the writing as possible because it, it's such a, you know, like Sergeant Major stated earlier, you know, there's nothing in writing that's going to say, hey, having a permanent profile is is uh, going to hinder your progression, right? Um, however, you can see certain trends, you can see certain things, and you can tie that back to that stigma. And so really the, the biggest challenge, like I said, was, was the research, making sure that I was as thorough and, and, and not cherry picking, so to speak. Um, of certain things and and just kind of taking myself out of the situation just to see if there was validity within that and and as I did more, more research as I got more sources and and read those and I, I started to see there was a, a a definite common thread in there and, and it kind of validated what my initial uh, thesis was about and so um those were my two biggest challenges right there. Thank you, Mass Sergeant Pickett and Sergeant Major Walker for joining us. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the Institute Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the Institute Journal Podcast.